0: Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org. Good morning. Good morning on this sultry spring day that thinks it's summer. A Week from Thursday. June 3rd, Hoenji's spring session begins, of course, open to everyone, this wonderful threefold sangha. And at Hoenji Spring flowers have given way to full-blown summer blossoms. Kigan, our dear Sangha member, who goes back many years to practicing at Daibusatsu Zendo has been staying with us at Hoenji while awaiting the vicissitudes of transportation back to his army post in Germany. And he was remarking upon What a strange spring it's been. He arrived in a snowstorm that almost immediately turned into a heat wave. A reminder of the dangerous environmental crisis that we're in the midst of We just had our mandala day celebration. What is the significance of a mandala? We might say, it's a sacred circle Multi dimensional, representing the architecture of the cosmos, with a particular Buddha at the center, surrounded by other Buddhas and Bodhisattvas and ritual objects of spiritual empowerment. in all the endless rooms of the mandala. We might say it's a mystical evocation of the underlying interconnectedness of all life. you've no doubt seen Tibetan Vajrayana mandalas either painted on silk or using pigmented sand. And we have Japanese Shingon mandalas in the Kaisando the Founder's Room at New York Zendo. But to think of the esoteric, the mystical realm, as something apart from the exoteric, the mundane, is to miss it altogether. Yogin Senzaki, who studied deeply in Shingon Buddhism, said this, Religious experience is beyond the realm of cognition, and whatever is said about it expresses a mere shadow of the truth. What Shingon calls esoteric Buddhism is the very thing that Zen calls inner teaching. When you drink water, you know for yourself whether it is cold or warm. You can describe your feeling in some way, but that will never express exactly what you felt. A Zen master said, what I have told you is no secret at all. When you realize the truth for yourself, the secret belongs to you, the sixth ancestor. And Senzaki said, if you feel as though an old memory from the remote past is coming to you before I even finish speaking you will be stepping out of the exoteric teaching and you will smell the fragrance of esoteric Buddhism. Now, most of you know well, the history of the Daibu Mandala. 90 years ago, in 1931, the young monk, Soen Nakagawa, went to live in a hut on Mount Ibasatsu near Mount Fuji. The poems he wrote there were published in a book called Shigan, Coffin of Poems. And some were reprinted in a women's magazine, which crossed the Pacific to Los Angeles, where it was read by Shubin Tanahashi, a disciple of Nyogen Senzaki. She showed them to him, and a correspondence and deep friendship began between the two monks. And you may also know that on Mount Davosatsu, a ceremony honoring the Daigongen, a manifestation of Dharmakaya Buddha, was held on the 21st of every month. Soen wrote to Senzaki Sensei, inviting him to join in that monthly service, which he called Spiritual Interrelationship Day. And from then on, they would bow toward each other, separated by the Pacific Ocean, yet united in the Daibosatsu Mandala. And this was continued by Soen Roshi's heir, Edo Shimano Roshi, and has been sustained by all of us ever since on the 21st day of the month or now that we are meeting as the threefold sangha on Zoom on the nearest. Sunday morning. The internet that allows us to do this may be called virtual reality, but you know it is. Far more powerful than the technology that created it. In fact, it is Indra's net of interrelationship, a vast mandala celebrating great bodhisattva mind the birthright of each one of us to be fully realized. Look! We are here. This in itself is a great mystery. Zoom transmits not just our faces, but our very beings, and each of us is taking our place as. Bodhisattva in this mandala, Dharma cannot be limited to any one time and place. And yet, it can be met with vividly in this very time and place. And it shows itself in every time and place. So the mandala is an invitation. Come in. Come into the very center. Join, merge, become the deity you truly are. Of course, this is difficult for us to believe. We cannot even conceive of such a thing. And of course, that's the problem, right? Thinking that it has to be a conceptual understanding. We cannot receive this invitation of the mandala. When our minds are closed down, busy, caught up in annoyance, confusion, projections, worries, or trying to use our limited logical intellects to figure out what to do. We need to respond to what's happening in our lives, of course. How do we do so? As we know, frenzied reactivity doesn't work. We have to Stop. Look. Listen. Some of you who are as old as I am or nearly may remember being taught that in grade school before you cross the street. Stop. Look. Listen. Wonderful teaching. We have to allow what is to be as it is. We have to understand its language. And to do that, we have to, what shall I say? Drop, bracket, temporarily disregard language. It's a different language that we need to learn. And we do this not by force, but by compassionate inquiry, as Hema yeah. Children puts it. Right now, there's a lot of movement on what we might call the mundane plane. After a year or so of exponential growth in the early days of the coronavirus, we're seeing what is now termed exponential decay. Wonderful, exponential decay, which is attributed to the success of the vaccines. And of course, to earlier restrictions, discipline, being careful. So now, What's next? Thinking about all the changes we're experiencing and trying to understand how to work with them Mm. can feel overwhelming. The decisions that must be made are not so clear. There's a lot of weighing of options, balancing. Do you have dinner with those friends? Do you go inside that store, that restaurant? Do you travel to see your children? And how do we envision when we can have an in-person session Someone told me, I feel as though I'm at the edge of a cliff. I don't know what to do. I'm at a loss. And this person went on to describe all the various concerns and worries that were such a bother. But I said, wait a minute, listen to what you just said. I'm at a loss. Yes. Be at a loss. Lose that sense Of obligation to control everyone and everything, because you can't. How do we truly take responsibility? We have to be willing to lose it all. Because all you've thought of as real is temporary, ever-changing, has no inherent substance. So, of course, when... You ascribe to it a reality it doesn't have, you feel ill-equipped to deal with it. So here is another invitation. Let's be at a loss. No knowing. Only then can we receive the invitation to enter the mandala and discover the reality even prior to heaven and earth as Dio Kokushi Nampo Shomyo Zenji says in his poem on Zen, which I will read to you. There is a reality even prior to heaven and earth. Indeed, it has no form, much less a name. Eyes fail to see it. It has no voice for ears to detect. To call it mind or Buddha violates its nature, for it then becomes like a visionary flower in the air. It is not mind nor Buddha. Absolutely quiet, and yet illuminating in a mysterious way. It allows itself to be perceived only by the clear eyed. It is Dharma truly beyond form and sound. It is Tao having nothing to do with words. Wishing to entice the blind, the Buddha has playfully let words escape his golden mouth. Heaven and earth are ever since filled with entangling briars. Oh, my good, worthy friends gathered here, if you desire to listen. To the thunderous voice of the Dharma, exhaust your words, empty your thoughts, for then you may come to recognize this one essence. And of course, this is exactly our practice to exhaust our words, empty our thoughts, then we can recognize what's being communicated directly in every moment. We can be in attunement with the cosmic voice the sanskrit seed syllable om A continual, underlying all the distinct and separate sounds. From this fundamental perspective, every day is mandala day. Spiritual interrelationship is continuous. It's right here in our chanting, our voices merge, we disappear. There are only the syllables in unity, the sound of the Mokugyo, the punctuations of the gongs, the rhythm of our own heartbeats. So really, what are we doing on Mandala Day? What are we doing when we invoke the Buddhas, the Bodhisattvas, the ancestral masters, our Dharma relations, It's not merely paying homage. It's recognition. Oh, my teacher. At last, I have found you again. They are with us, within us, in this wide open Buddha field, this beginningless and endless mandala. And then Zazen. In that silence, everything is at hand. We are held in the palm of Buddha, which is one with our very own cosmic Buddha. In a talk he gave in San Francisco on September 3rd, 1931, again, 90 years ago, Yogan Senzaki said, From the very beginning, we are all Buddhas. For our minds as well as our bodies are nothing but dharmakaya the Buddha's true body with infinite light and eternal life. It is our delusion to see ourselves separated from the universe, secluding ourselves in the small cells of individual egos. When you have awakened from your dream, you will know who you are, and you will realize what you have to do. Your everyday work is a part of your universal work. Your wisdom and your loving kindness are the light and the warmth of Buddha. The vibrations of dharmakaya itself. And I want to end with a poem by Hakuin Zenji's great disciple, Tore Enji. He wrote this poem upon his enlightenment. Dharmakaya, Dharmakaya. I see you as a mountain leaning on the sky. I see you as a rapid, constantly running cascade. The teaching of Buddha is my own now. I am the master of this flowery spring. This has been a Zen Study Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org donate. Thank you for listening.